What is going on, you guys? My name is Justin, but you can call me Jay Swag. And welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk with Swag. Appreciate you stopping by, hanging out, giving the show a uh, listen. Um, happy to have you guys here on this holiday edition of Sports Talk with Swag. Um, there's no different decorations. There's no fun hats or sweaters. The topic is not even holiday related. Um, but it's the holiday episode. You bet your bottom dollar that this is the holiday episode of Sports Talk with Swag. So happy holidays to all of you listening. Um, whatever holiday you may celebrate, um, today is Festivus. So if you celebrate that, happy Festivus. Um, my partner and I celebrated the solstice uh the other night, Monday night, um, and that was lovely. And then obviously, <clears throat> I believe Hanukkah is wrapping up, if not already has a, at this point. Christmas is in a couple days. I don't know when Kwanzaa is. I apologize. And then the New Year's coming up. But anyways, all that to say, happy holidays to everyone from all of us here at Sports Talk with Swag. Um everyone here um yeah so we are back grading uh nba off seasons uh we were here two weeks ago doing the eastern conference and then took a week off to talk some wrestling and then now we're back doing the western conference uh just a quick quick um two episode series but nevertheless one that i felt was uh very important and pertinent that we discuss here um and the listeners have been dying to hear it. Um, they couldn't get enough of the Eastern Conference one, and now we're back with the Western Conference. They've been uh, chomping at the bit for part two. So here we are. Um, so yeah, so essentially just, uh, I don't think this episode really needs much context at all, but the NBA season officially kicked off last night, uh, December 22nd, uh, with the Nets blowing out the Warriors and the Clippers edging out the Lakers. Um, and then we have a whole slate of games tonight. Um, although the Rockets Thunder game was canceled. Um, and I'm not even going to talk about that because there's just so much going on with that. And I just don't even want to talk about James Harden because he just makes me mad now. Um, I know that the Suns are playing uh, Chris Paul's first game as a son. I believe they have the Mavericks. Um, I think maybe the Bucks are playing at a 7.30 game. I'm not positive. Um, but that being said, <clears throat> yeah, so two weeks ago when we were still in the offseason, we started with the Eastern Conference just but going team by team, listing out every single move that they made uh, this offseason, and then um, giving them a grade. And then I'll just you know give a little context as to why I think that. Um, and at the end, we'll see who ends up with the highest grade. Um, but yeah, so without further ado, let's go ahead and 
hop right into this. So starting us off, this is just alphabetically. Um, that's the only particular about the order. Um, I should mention before we hop into this, if you're here live and at the YouTube uh, live stream, make sure to say hi in the chat. And um, if you have any questions or comments, your thoughts, please share them in, in the chat. I always love this show being interactive. So let's hop right into it with starting us off with the Dallas Mavericks. So they added uh, Josh Green, Tyler Tyrell Terry, and Tyler Bay via the draft. And I'll go ahead and start say this now. Um, unless it's like a top four or five pick uh, in the draft, I really don't have much to say about the draft picks because A, um, I just I don't watch a whole lot of college basketball. So unless you're someone like a Zion Williamson or um, a, you know, LaMelo ball where you're like a big name player. I just won't know much about them. And I said this last time, but, um, the draft, it's just always impossible. You know, you could have, we've had former number one picks like Kwame Brown and Anthony Bennett and, um, you know, Andrea Bargnani who just kind of don't really end up doing much. And then we have people who are the last pick in the draft, like Isaiah Thomas, who end up having MVP caliber seasons. So I don't really do a whole lot of any sort of, you know, anal analysis, excuse me, about the draft picks. But so they had the 18th, 31st, and 36th overall picks. Um, they traded for Josh Richardson, James Johnson, um, and signed Wes Iwundu, J.J. Barea, and Willie Cauley-Stein uh, to their team, those last two being re-signings. Um, and then via trade, they lost uh, Seth Curry, Dellen Wright, and Justin Jackson. And in free agency, they lost out on Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, Courtney Lee, Josh Reeves, and Antonius Cleveland. So overall, um, I give the Mavericks a B here. Because when you look at the team, they were the seventh seed <clears throat> last year. Um, took the Clippers to six games. Uh, a lot of people, myself included, thought that there was a very distinct possibility that they could beat the Clippers in the first round. And I think that if um, I think that a if Porzingis stayed healthy for that whole series, and b if literally anything was done about the horrible, disgusting play of Marcus Morris um, happened. Like he was clearly targeting Luca and his injured ankle um, after he was the one who injured it. He like was targeting it. Um, it was fairly obvious. He's just a pretty dirty player and should have been suspended at least one game in that series. So I think if that happens um, or they just, you know, do something about it, um, and if Chris Stapps doesn't go down with that groin injury, I think they at least take him to seven, if not win the series. So all that to say, you know, they have Chris Stapps, they have Luca, um, who are both, you know, still very young and have eons of potential. And especially like Luca, he's, I think the odds on favorite to win MVP this year. Uh, and he's only in his third season. So very talented players, um, good young core. So, you know, a lot of what they wanted to do was just kind of add just padding to that and just add support. So I think they did that in trading for Josh Richardson and James Johnson, uh, James Johnson being a um, 
a veteran presence for them who has a, uh, he, he plays pretty hard. So that'll give them a little bit more of an aggressive side. Um, and Josh Richardson, I think is, um, it's tough to look at his season last year when he was with the 76ers. Cause that season was just bizarre for them to begin with. Cause they made a lot of weird moves. Um, and he came over from Miami in that Jimmy Butler sign in trade. But so they basically traded, Seth Curry for Josh Richardson, which I thought was great. I thought that was basically just an upgrade. Um, not quite as good of a three-point shooter as Seth Curry, but better in pretty much every other regard, I think. Um, so that's a good, um, you know, a, a good, you know, second or third option on offense for them, um, which will be really helpful for them. Um, Dylan Wright was a, a decent loss uh, for them. That was a little bit of a bummer. He's kind of the same thing as Seth Curry, where he's a good shooter, um, good like um, role player to give some you some instant offense, um, and as well as Justin Jackson. But he's kind of still coming out of his own. And he was, I mean, that may just be a little bit biased because he came from UNC. Um, and then losing out on Michael K. Gilchrist and Courtney Lee, not huge losses. Um, Kid Gilchrist, excuse me, signed with the Knicks and then they waived him before the season even started. So clearly, I mean, I didn't think he was a good pickup anyway, um, but clearly that shows that he's, you know, kind of tailing off. Um, so yeah, so overall I gave the Mavericks a B. I think they could have done a little bit better in adding a tiny bit more of veteran presence outside of just like James Johnson, who doesn't really have a whole lot of like playoff experience or stuff like that. Um so it definitely could have done better, but they could have done a lot worse. And they held on to their core and, again, making some good moves, trading for Josh Richardson. Um, I thought that was a good good move. Um, so, yeah. So starting us off with a B for the Mavericks. And then moving on um, to the Denver Nuggets, who um, finished with the second-best record in the West last year and made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals before falling to the Lakers in six games. They <clears throat> drafted Zeke Naji and RJ Hampton uh, with the 22nd and 24th overall picks. In free agency, they signed Fashundo Campazzo and Jamichael Green. And then in free agency, they lost Jeremy Green, which was the big blow, uh, Mason Plumley, Torrey Craig, Tyler Cook, Troy Daniels, and Noah Vonley. Um, so overall, excuse me, I gave the Nuggets a B minus. Um, because again, they're uh, you know, like I said, they finished with the second best record uh, in the West. They, um, or sorry, the third best record in the West. Um, they made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals um, and took the Lakers to six games. Um, so again, they didn't have a whole lot to do. They just needed to kind of keep that same core and then just try to bulk up and fill some holes. Um, so obviously, Jeremy Grant is a massive, massive loss for them. Um, I don't know if they just weren't willing to shell out the money for him or they were just kind of willing to let him go. Um, but at the end of the day, he signed with the Pistons. And so he's gone and he was a huge, huge, huge boost for them in the playoffs last year. Um, some would say a big reason as to why they were even able to take the Lakers to six games, um, and make that come from behind, you know, series win against the Clippers. 
Uh, Mason Plumlee, not a big loss for them because uh, he just didn't really play many minutes for them. Torrey Craig is another big loss for them. Uh, the guard who, again, he he had a lot of big minutes for them, especially in the playoffs. Um, so that's a loss. But obviously nothing like Jeremy Grant. And then signing Jermichael Green, though, was huge. So that kind of basically evened them out to the B- minus for me. Because Jeremy Grant kind of brought them down to like a C, C minus, because that was a huge loss for them. Um, but then so the signing of Jermichael Green brought them back up to a B minus for me. Uh, everything else just kind of evened itself out because Jermichael Green is a really good um, young power forward um, who can give some great rest for uh, Jokic. Uh, especially when it comes to when he gets in foul trouble, which is typically what happens, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, he'll provide some good minutes off the bench for them. Um, so, yeah, so I give him B minus overall because, I mean, listen, they're returning uh, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, uh, Jokic, um, Will Barton, um, I think there's one more guard I'm forgetting, but they're returning their core, which took them so far in the playoffs. And then, like I said, Jermichael Green is a great signing, um, which a little bit helps the loss of Jeremy Grant. So overall, B minus for the Nuggets. Uh, moving on to the Warriors, who, uh, if you missed it, got blown out by the Nets last night. But I'm not taking any of these first like two or three weeks of the NBA season too seriously. Because A, half the teams are still, you know, in off-season mode because the season just finished, you know, depending on who you were, either in September or in October for a lot of these teams. Um, granted, the Warriors, their season ended back in March. And if you were, um, you know, uh, most of the players on the Warriors, if you were a starter in the Warriors, your season ended pretty much a year ago or more um, because you had guys like Draymond Green and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson who all pretty much missed the entire season just rehabbing injuries and um, uh, or just, you know, still dealing with injuries um, and then just pretty much getting rested. Um, so overall, they had James Wiseman with the second overall pick, Nico Mannion with the 48th and Justinian Jessup with the 51st. So the one thing I will say is obviously James Wiseman with the second pick is a huge pickup for them. Um, Anthony Edwards went first overall. And so they had their pick of the litter. And I think James Wiseman was the perfect pick for them because they didn't need LaMelo Ball. They have two of the best guards in Steph and Clay Thompson. They don't need LaMelo Ball on their team at all. Um, and outside of, James Wiseman and LaMelo Ball, there wasn't really much else that was kind of firm and like a solid, you know, uh, promising pick in this draft. And they also, you know, have been playing small ball for the past like five or six years. Um, and so adding someone like James Wiseman is going to be huge for them. Uh, so that was a great pick. And then they traded for Kelly Oubre as well uh, from the Thunder when he was sent over to the Thunder from the Suns in the Chris Paul trade, which we'll hit on in a little bit. And then in free agency, they signed Brad Wanamaker and Kent Bazemore. Um, and they lost Dragan Bender in free agency, and they waived Kai Bowman. So overall, I gave the Warriors an A-minus um, 
for their offseason because I thought it was great. Um, again, they are returning Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Uh, they still have Andrew Wiggins. Um, they draft and then they drafted James Wiseman, traded for Kelly Oubre, um, signed Brad Wanamaker, which is a big pickup because he's he provided some big um, bench minutes for the Celtics last season, especially in the playoffs. So that'll be good for for Steph uh, to get his rest. So really, like they didn't lose anything. Like losing Dragon Bender, fine. Um, no, no fact, non-factor, and same with Kai Bowman. So really, it was just in what they did with their additions. Um, and the only reason I gave them an A minus and not like an A or even an A plus was I think they probably could have done something to flip Andrew Wiggins. Um, and the media and fans are fairly split on this, although I think it's probably closer to like 75, 25. Um, can you put your grades in the chat so we can keep up? Um, yeah. So I can I can put them in the chat or I can also just share my screen so you can see kind of what I gave them. Just let me know which you would prefer. Um, yeah, so overall... I think Andrew Wiggins is a good fit and I think they should hold on to him and try to develop him and like let him start from scratch because he's a former um, lottery pick and he showed some really good promise in Minnesota his first like two-ish years. And then once they drafted Carl Anthony Towns, kind of wavered a little bit. And then when Jimmy Butler came over and um, all that stuff happened, definitely took another hit and then pretty much since then um he just hasn't looked like himself um and you know people keep making fun of him essentially so i think he still has that talent i think he just has no confidence whatsoever in his skills anymore and you know the media and fans are constantly berating him and um you know the league is not showing a ton of interest in him or belief in him so I was really happy when the Warriors traded for him, um, when they traded D'Angelo Russell for him. I think he fits in with this team well. I think if they find a good role for him, especially with Klay Thompson being out this year, I think that really helps too. Um, so I think that'll help kind of, especially playing with uh, such an established core of like Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Steve Kerr as their coach, and then having... Clay Thompson around as well, I think could really benefit him. Um, so I'm, I think it's fine that they held on to him. I think they could have definitely flipped him for some more draft picks if they wanted, or maybe some more um, smaller pieces, but like more. Um, so, you know, again, it's an A minus, so it's not a huge difference. Um, I think they had a great off season though. Um, and like I said, like Kelly Oubre was a big, big pickup for them. I think he's also going to fit in very well with that team. Um, another young player who has a lot of potential and showed a lot of skill last year for Phoenix, um, with their young team. So yeah, I think they had a great off season. So let me throw my grades in the chat real quick so far.
All right. So moving on now to the uh, clown car show that is the Houston Rockets. Um, in terms of additions, they traded for John Wall. Um, they drafted Kenyon Martin Jr. with the 52nd overall pick. And in free agency, they signed Christian Wood, Jay Sean Tate, and DeMarcus Cousins. And then in terms of losses, they traded away Robert Covington and Russell Westbrook. And in free agency, they lost Jeff Green, Bruno Caboclo, Damari Carroll, Tyson Chandler, Michael Frazier, Gerald Green, Luke Mbamute, Austin Rivers, Tabo Cephalosha, and William Howard. So, overall, I gave the Houston Rockets a B. Um, because I think the John Wall trade, I again, I talked about this in the last episode, um, but overall, I think the Rockets got the better part of that deal. But... I just don't think it was that great of a deal to begin with. Um, I think flipping those two guys for each other is just, you're trading one bad contract for another. Um, one player who clearly did not fit with the team at all in, West, in Russell Westbrook. And then another player in John Wall who hasn't played in like over two years. So that's a big risk of, you don't know what he's going to look like. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, they got the better end of the deal because Russell Westbrook wanted out. And like I said, he clearly didn't fit with that team. So it was good to get rid of him. Um, and you get a, a, when he does play a very, very competent point guard in John wall, one of the, one of the best in the league, uh, when he's healthy. So if they get a healthy John wall who can play, you know, 60, 70 games for them this year, then yeah, I think that they definitely got the better end of the deal. Um, Kenny Martin in the draft, whatever, who knows. Uh, Christian Wood was a huge, huge, huge signing for them. Uh, that was really big. And same with DeMarcus Cousins. Um, those were two really big signings for them. So at that point, when you're looking at the additions, you're, you're looking at like an A for them. But then um, trading away Robert Covington, uh, losing Jeff Green, Damari Carroll, Tyson Chandler, Luke Mbatmute, and Austin Rivers losing all of them in trades and free agency, um, I th that's what brings them right back down to a B um, for me, and because that's a lot of their key role players from last season. Um, I mean, Robert Covington. What did he start for them? It was Russ Harden, PJ. Yeah. Yeah, Robert Covington started for them. So that's one of your starting forwards gone. Granted, you replace him with Christian Wood. Um, so that kind of basically evens itself out. Um, but then losing guys like Tamari Carroll, Tyson Chandler, Luca Mbamute, Austin Rivers, those are all role players who, again, they're not going to be superstars, um, but they're going to be really crucial for you off your bench, um, either when your players need rest or when you have injuries come up. Um, or just to kind of get your second string, um, second unit going. Those were a lot of those guys. Um, we already saw the impact that Jeff Green has had on the Nets last night, and he looked great for them. 
Um, Robert Covington on the Trailblazers, I think, is going to be great, but we'll talk about that later. So, again, that was a big loss because he was huge for them in the playoff last year, um, as well as Jeff Green. But then again, you know, signing DeMarcus Cousins kind of brings it back up and evens it out at uh, a solid B for them. Um, chugging right along to the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, in terms of additions, they drafted Daniel Oturo and Jay Scrub with the 33rd and 55th picks, respectively. They traded for Luke Kennard. And in free agency, they signed Serge Ibaka, Nicholas Batum, and they re-signed Reggie Jackson. Um, and then in terms of losses, they traded away Landry Shamit and Roddy Magruder, and they lost Montrez Harrell, Jamichael Green, and Jonathan Motley in free agency. So overall, I gave the Clippers a B-. minus. Um because they're another team who, again, a lot of their issues with how their season ended last year were with their stars in Kawhi and Paul George and just the lack of chemistry and a lot of butting heads with them. Um, and then you also had guys like Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, Pat Bev, who a lot of big personalities and it just wasn't mixing. Um, especially when it came to the bubble and the playoffs, a lot of lack of trust, a lot of acting out, uh, a lot of running their mouths. Um, and then a lot of people just not showing up in the playoffs for them. So obviously they had their core, um, specifically with Kawhi and Paul George. And we, you know, we know that they're there. Kawhi signed a, a max deal last year. Paul George just signed a massive $200 million extension for them. So they're their core moving forward. Um, and then they returned guys, you know, like Pat Bev and Lou Williams. Um, but they made some major additions in Serge Ibaka, who's still a good rim protector and good... Um, option on offense who also has experience playing with Kawhi Leonard when they won a championship together in Toronto and they have a good rapport. Um, and then you have Nicholas Batum who was just <clears throat> rotting in Charlotte. Um, ever since he signed that max deal with them like four or five years ago, uh, he literally hasn't done anything for them. And part of this, cause he was injured for a little while there and then he just never fit into what they were trying to do. And like last year, he like barely even played for them. Um, and he wasn't even injured. They just were trying to play their young core and get them going. So he just didn't play. Uh, but people forget how effective he was in Portland and why he ended up signing at the time, like a close to max deal with the Hornets um, all those years ago. So, and again, he showed that last night as well for the Clippers in just his passing ability, his court vision, the length that he has on defense, and he's still a very talented shooter. Um, and so it takes a lot of the playmaking and ball handling away from Kawhi and Paul George and lets them kind of roam free more and not have to create the offense. Um, and... Yeah, and then obviously Reggie Jackson is a good re-signing for them. 
But then they lost Landry Shamit, trading him away, which was a fairly big loss in my eyes. Um, a, a young guard who can provide some offense off the bench. And then obviously losing Montrez Harrell to the Lakers really, really stings. I mean, he's the reigning sixth man of the year. Um, was massive, massive, massive for them last season. Again, didn't really show up in the playoffs, but no one on the team did. Um, so, you know, that was a huge loss for them. And then again, Jermichael Green, who I mentioned to the Nuggets, was a big loss too. So those two losses, and then with Landry Shamit, brought them down to like a C, C minus. But then adding Serge Ibaka and Nick Batum really brought them back up, especially Nick Batum. I think he has a perfect role for them on that team. So... I think you um, will see him kind of thrive there. All right, so next up, we have the Lakers of Los Angeles, our reigning, defended, undisputed world champions of the National Basketball Association. So in terms of additions, they signed... Montrez Harrell, Wesley Matthews, Marcus Gasol, re-signed Markeith Morris, Jared Dudley, Costas Antetokounmpo, and Anthony Davis. And they traded for Dennis Schroeder, Jordan Bell, and Alfonso McKinney. And in terms of losses, they traded away Danny Green and uh, JaVale McGee. And in terms of free agents, they lost Rajon Rondo, Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, J.R. Smith, and Dion Waiters. So overall, <clears throat> let's go ahead and get this in the chat. I gave the Lakers an A. And I honestly was really close to giving them an A+, but I didn't. Let me explain. So let's go losses first. So they traded away Danny Green um, <clears throat> and JaVale McGee. The JaVale McGee trade, I think, literally non-factor. He was their starting center um, for pretty much the entire season and almost all of the postseason. But he played like maybe 20 minutes a game. Um, And yes, he has three championship rings, but one was on the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and the other two were on the Warriors with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. So I think you see what I'm saying. Danny Green was a loss for them, but not a sizable loss. Um, You know, he's a good 3 and D guy, um, but he just never kind of showed up for the Lakers uh, in his one year with them. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he was completely non-factor in the playoffs for them. So obviously they're not going to miss that, but just the regular season, he just didn't have a good year, I think at the end of the day. So if they were able to win the championship with him having an off year, I think they'll be fine without him. Losing Rondo in free agency was bit is going to be a big loss. Um, because he had, he brought some really good, um, veteran playoff championship experience for them, really good leader, and pretty much the only legitimate, like solidified point guard they had on their roster. Um, Avery Bradley, a big loss. I mean, he didn't play in the bubble at all with them. So, um, you know, again, they made it without him. So 
not a huge loss. Uh, Dwight Howard, again, a decent loss for them. Um, I'd say bigger of a loss than JaVale McGee. Um, but they were able to offset it. And then J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters were just signed um, basically to their COVID roster, so both non-factors. So let me tell you why all of those losses still results in an A for them. Because they signed Montrez Harrell to a two-year deal, um, a very favorable deal for the Lakers. They got him for two years, $19 million. He could have gotten way more than that. Um, and again, he's the reigning sixth man of the year, um, brings tremendous energy uh, and passion and like grit to the court. So great signing there. Wesley Matthews, they signed away from the Bucks, who basically, in my opinion, replaces Danny Green. Um, obviously not as lethal of a shooter as Danny Green or as locked down of a defender as he can be, but you're basically getting what Danny Green got you last year in Wesley Matthews. Um, and then they signed Marcus Soule away from the Raptors, which was huge, 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 huge. Um, he is better than JaVale and Dwight Howard, in my opinion. Um, he still can produce more than they were last year for them. Um, great passer, good shooter, uh, great rim protector and defensive mind. Um, just a really good team player too. So I think he's going to fit right into that team and just give them whatever they need. Um, <clears throat> Resign Markeith Morris, which is good for them. Uh, he's a good role player for them when LeBron goes to the bench. Um, and he was uh, had some good games for them in the playoffs last year. Uh, and then they re-signed Jared Dudley and Costas on Nakupo, who like didn't play at all. Um, and then re-signing Anthony Davis was huge. I mean, he still had one year left in his deal. So they had him this year regardless, but they were able to not, um, nail him down for, I think, a four- or five-year extension. So they you know got that out of the way. And then the other big, big, big addition they made was trading for Dennis Schroeder. Um, Schroeder? I don't know how to say it. Um, and that's huge for them because that's a basically that's your replacement for Rondo um, and Avery Bradley because he's a great defender. He was runner-up for sixth man of the year last year, um, provided 18 points, off, 18 points a game uh, off the bench for them and for the Thunder, that is, last year. And he was crucial for them um huge reason why that team made it to the playoffs and did as well as they did in the season so that's a massive massive gain for them so you know when you look at they lost Danny Green Rondo Bradley and Dwight Howard but they were able to add Montrezl Harrell Wesley Matthews Marcus Soul uh Dennis Schroeder it, it, it was huge for them and so that's why I gave them an A I considered again giving them an A plus because I mean, really, when you just look at Harrell, Gasol, and Schroeder, that's like massive additions for them. Um, so they're a championship team who only got better, uh, and I think everyone agrees with that. And they're deeper now, too, which is huge. So big offseason for them. They get an A. We got a question in the chat here that says, lots of B in there. Was it just an average offseason since it was so short? Um, and overall, I'd say... Uh, part of it is just because we're only looking at the first five teams so far and four of them had B's, you know, two B's, two B minuses. Um, but I mean, it's just like the West, specifically these teams we looked at, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Rockets, and the Clippers, 
that's four playoff teams right there. Um, who, especially when you look at like, like I said, like the Nuggets, they really didn't have a whole lot to change. They made it to the Western Conference Finals. You just need to kind of run it back. The Mavericks, same thing. You're a young team, run it back. Um, so they just, it's just a lot of teams so far that didn't need to do a whole lot of moves. Um, and so they just had like an average offseason. Um, but, you know, you got some A's thrown in there. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, there's other grades too coming up. But overall, I just feel like if you kind of stayed the same, uh, I give you a C, somewhere in the C range. If you pretty much stayed the same, but for a good way because you just needed to run it back, I give you a, like somewhere in the B range because you can mess that up. Like you can be in a position where it's like, we were almost there. We just got to run it back. We're going to be a year better, more mature, better players, all that stuff. But you didn't trade any of those people away. You kept them. That's a B for me because you can very easily mess that up. Or if you added some nice pieces and then an A is just like, man, like you just got way better. Like you just only helped your chances and you already were, you know, looking good. Um, and then a D is if it's like you did just absolutely nothing, um, and you should have, or you got worse. Um, and I think we've only seen one or two D's so far. And those were both Easter conference so far. I think I gave, I know I gave the bulls a D plus. I, I know I had a lot of like lower grades for the East. Um, but anyways, so yeah, so there, there, there you go. Um, all right, so moving on to now the Memphis Grizzlies. In terms of additions, uh, they drafted Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman Sr., Killian Tilly, and Jaleel Tripp. Um, and they traded for Mario Hazonia from the Trailblazers. Excuse me. And then they lost Josh Jackson, John Concher, Jonte Porter, Anthony Tolliver, and Utah Watanabe uh, in free agency. So overall, I gave the Grizzlies a C. Um, and I could be tempted to, like I could be talked into bringing that down to a C- minus as well. Um because the Grizzlies um, missed out on the playoffs last year. They unfortunately did not win their play-in series with the Blazers last year, so they missed out on the eighth seed. Um, so they already needed to make some improvements. Again, they're another one of those teams who they're young. They got John Morant. Um, shoot, what's that guy's name? Jaron Jackson Jr., um, they got another guard. I can't remember his name, but they're, they're a young team who have some potential, but I think you can clearly see some holes that they have and you, you're not gonna, you need to have some veteran established player experience on a team. So again, they were wily. They were tenacious last year. They nearly made it and snuck into the eighth seed in the playoffs but they didn't and they kind of just didn't really do anything about it. Um, so again, they had four draft picks, so we'll see what those do. It's just going to add to their young core. They traded for Mario Hazonia, which is a good move. 
Um, he's a big man from Portland who didn't get a whole lot of playing time behind Hassan Whiteside, Yusuf Nurkic. Um, I can't remember the other guy's name, Zach something. Um, but yeah, so they just already have like three other seven footers. Zach Collins, they already had like three other seven footers. So they didn't really play Mario Hazonia a whole lot, but he's a talented player. He's a good big man who has a couple of years of experience. So I think that's a good addition for them for a good big man presence. Um, and they didn't really lose anyone big. I mean, you could say they lost Josh Jackson in, in, um, in, in free agency to the Pistons, which some would consider a loss, some wouldn't. Um, he hasn't really panned out so far since he was drafted out of Kansas as, I think, the number two pick. Um, he's kind of one of those players that some people will hold on hope and just be like, well, maybe this is his year. Um, so, yeah, so overall, like, I would have given them a D um, if they hadn't traded for Hazonia because, again, I can't really grade anything off of the draft because it's just who knows. And then in free agency, they didn't really lose anyone, but they didn't sign anyone either. They just traded for Hazonia. So that's what brought them up to a C because it's like, well, you did something, but it really wasn't a whole lot. So I don't see them improving their position much at all this season compared to last. So I think at best, they'll be fighting for the eighth seed again, um, which again is not the worst thing in the world. Um, you know, they're coming off of some down years after the grit and grind uh, era. So times were a little tough there, but they're already on the rebound. So, you know, fighting for a playoff spot, you know, in the eighth seed is nothing to be ashamed of. Um, so, yeah, I just think they could have done more to help their chances. Um, moving on then to the Timberwolves of Minnesota. Uh, they drafted Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards with the first overall pick, um, Leandro Balmaro and Jaden McDaniels in the, uh, later 23rd and 28th picks. Uh, they traded for Ricky Rubio and in free agency, they signed Juancho Hernan Gomez. Um, and then they traded away James Johnson, like I mentioned earlier to the Mavericks. And then they lost out on Alan Crabb. Kellen Martin, Jordan McLaughlin, and Evan Turner, who is now a coach, uh, assistant coach with the Pelicans. Um, so uh, overall, <clears throat> let me put this in the chat. Overall, I gave this, the Timberwolves a C. And again, that's another one I could be convinced to give them a C minus. Um, you know, they had the worst record last year. They were the worst team in the NBA. Um, they, they secured the first overall pick. They took Anthony Edwards, which makes sense for them. It was either going to be Anthony Edwards or LaMelo Ball. They weren't going to take Wiseman because they already have Carl Anthony Towns, so they don't need another seven footer on their team. That's just going to clog up the paint. So they needed a guard. They they were going to take one of those two guys, like I mentioned, and they went for Anthony Edwards. And again, it's going to be one of those things where only time will tell. Um, I think personally, I would have taken LaMelo Ball over Anthony Edwards. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's tough because it's like with both of them, there's, I think, an equal amount of unknown because, again, they're both still very young. They're both, I think, 19 years old. Um, 
not a whole lot of playing experience yet. Um, but I think the difference, I mean, they both have interesting off-court attitudes as well, which can play a factor for both of them in their situations. But LaMelo Ball has professional experience, which I think is what gives him the edge for me over Edwards, who only played, for those of you who don't know, Anthony Edwards played one season at Georgia. Um, and in his like NBA draft interview before the draft, was quoted as saying like, uh, like basketball's fine. I don't, I don't love it. Uh, it's just going to kind of be, you know, like a job for me. Um, I love football. I wish I could have made it in football. And if I had my choice, I would a hundred percent play professional football over basketball. And that was obviously very controversial and polarizing. Um, some people fell in the category of, I mean, yeah, like, at the end of the day, playing professional basketball is a job and you don't have to love it. Um, if you're good at it and you're helping your team, like, yeah, it's a job. Like you don't have to have, but like, you don't have to live, eat, breathe and sleep basketball to deserve to play in the NBA. Um, and then I think the other half of people were like, <clears throat> yikes, that's terrifying that your number one overall pick who you're trying to basically build your franchise around for the next 15 years um, has said that like they're not passionate about this and they're not like their heart isn't in it and they're kind of just in it for the money and because they happen to be good at it. Um, I kind of waver. I see both sides. I think I fall um, just on the edge of yikes because, yeah, it's your first overall pick in the NBA draft. Again, you're trying to build your franchise around this person and they've very vocally said, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really love basketball. I'm kind of just here because it's a job um, and because I couldn't make it in football. Um, it's just it's just like it's like you're trying to it's like doing a startup business kind of. You're trying to build a company from the ground up and you're investing a ton of money and time and effort into it. And um, your, you know, your co-founder, your your co-investor and partner in the business is just like, I could care less about this business and like the, like the product and like what we're doing. I'm just in it because like, it's a job and like, I'm, you know, I'm good at, you know, managing people or something. It's like, I mean, cool. Like, yeah, you'll get the job done and you know, you're good at it, but kind of alarming that like, we're trying to start something here and like a lot of people, are financially invested in this and you're just like, yeah, like I don't really care. Like my heart is not in this at all. Um, it's just, it's, it's a little alarming I'd say and can be cause for concern. So all that to say, I give the Grizzlies a C because they're, they draft anything Edwards, like I said, who talent speaks for itself. He's a very gifted athletic basketball player. Um, but who knows how that's going to turn out. They traded for rookie Rubio, which was good. He's back home in Minnesota. Um, and he'll be a great kind of veteran, uh, presence for them, especially with Anthony Edwards. Um, and they traded away James Johnson and they lost out on Alan Crabb, who some people are high on. I'm not particularly high on him. Um, so they, again, it's just like, they didn't really do much. Um, they didn't, I don't think they really did much of anything to improve their standing. Um, 
I mean, I, they were the worst team last year, so you can you can only go up, you'd think. Um, but it's just like they're clearly a team in rebuild mode, and outside of drafting Anthony Edwards, which is just like you have the number one overall pick, so you're always going to have like that, like, well, they had that. They just didn't really do anything to to help with that at all, uh, which is a little surprising. I thought I'd see them a little more active with trades or something or trying to get more draft picks, but it just seems like they're kind of floundering. Um, so we'll see how that works out for them, but they get a C. How many players are playing it as a job? I, I, I really don't think there's many. I think there's only a handful, uh, at least in the NBA, um, because the amount of people that you see who you can just tell when they're playing that they're passionate about it and that their heart is in it and they're giving a hundred percent. Um, I think you can tell they just love basketball and it's, it's, they do it and they feel so lucky, um, and privileged to be able to do it for a job. And I think if you hear pretty much any of them in interviews, I think 99% of them are going to say like, I'm so extremely lucky and privileged to be able to do this. I, always wanted to be a basketball player. I loved basketball growing up, you know, helped me, blah, 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 blah. But then I think there are going to be a handful of guys like Anthony Edwards who are not only not feeling that, but not afraid to say like, yeah, like, I mean, basketball is fine. Um, I'm, you know, talented at it and I'm lucky to be playing professional sports, but I, man, I'd much rather be playing in the NFL right now. That's, I love football. Um, people like that. I think there definitely are a couple, um, I mean, you had someone like Andrew Bynum, who was a very talented big man, um, over seven feet tall, um, got drafted right out of high school, won a championship, um, maybe two. I can't. I don't know if he was on the 08 team or not, but I know he was on the 2010 team. Won a championship with the Lakers in 2010. Um, definitely could have been in line for like a max contract, but then got injured and then ended up uh, getting waived, I think, by the Lakers. And then he ended up on the Cavs for a little bit. And then he just had a horrible attitude there and literally was quoted as saying or having, you know, it was proven, I guess you could say, that in practices and stuff with the Cavs, literally any time the ball touched his hands, he just shot it from wherever he was on the court. Like, didn't matter where it was. Um, He just wanted to get traded so bad. Um, and then he was with the 76ers for a tiny bit, but somewhere in the mix there after being with the Lakers, he just came out and said like, I just don't love basketball anymore. It's just, I just don't enjoy it anymore. It's not a passion of mine anymore. And he just lost interest and that showed and it reflected in his game. And now he's not in the NBA anymore. Um, so yeah, I think there definitely are people like that in the NBA, but I think they are definitely few and far between. Um, all right, next up, let's move on to the Pelicans. So for the Pelicans, in terms of additions, they drafted Kira Lewis Jr. with the 13th overall pick. They traded for Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. And in free agency, they signed Willie Hernan Gomez, Wenyan Gabriel, and Sindarius Thornwell and re-signed Brandon Ingram to a max contract. In terms of losses, they traded away Drew Holiday and Darius Miller. Excuse me. And in free agency, they lost Jaleel Okafor, Derek Favors, Etwan Moore, Zillin Cheatham, 
Josh Gray, Frank Jackson, and Kenrick Williams. So overall, I give the Pelicans a B. Another B. Um, I think they had a good offseason, though. Um, they missed it on the playoffs last year. <clears throat> they had a chance to make a push for the eighth seed and a play-in for the eighth seed. Uh, but my goodness gracious, did they stink it up in the bubble. Um, they just played like garbage. I think they may have ended up going 0-8 in their seeding games. Uh, so major choke job there. Made J.J. Riddick miss his first playoffs ever in his entire career. Um, that college and high school included. Um, but they went out and got after it in the offseason. So they're returning, obviously, um, Zion Williamson which and Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, their young core. Um, but they went out then and kind of dumped Drew Holiday's contract and got Eric Bledsoe in return, which I think is a great return. It's another two-way guard um, who can create offense, but is just a really good defender. Um, and <clears throat> Bledsoe's contract just isn't anywhere near Holiday, so I think that was a good move for them. Um, and then they were able to trade for Steven Adams as well. Um, that all they had to do was get rid of Darius Miller for him, uh, which is a great pickup for them. Um, he's a really good center, um, good rim protector, good rebounder. And then signing Willie Hernan Gomez is a great backup for him. And then Wenyan Gabriel, um, who most people probably don't know, but if you watch the seeding games in the playoffs last season in the bubble, um, he played for the Blazers, and he ended up playing some big minutes and even getting some starts, I believe, um, and showed some real heart and, and, and passion and, and potential. So good pickup for them. I think that's going to be a good situation for him, which is a, a team that's focused on their young core. He'll fit in there. So again, so really they – they traded away Drew Holiday, but that's instantly offset by getting Eric Bledsoe back and also not having Drew Holiday's contract anymore. Um, and then they lost Derek Favors in free agency. That's basically all they lost, really. Um, the others are a lot of kind of non-factors. And then, again, getting Eric Bledsoe in that trade, but then also getting Steven Adams, uh, Willie Hernan Gomez, re-signing Brandon Ingram for a new contract. Um that's what brings them up to a B for me. Um, I think they're, I think there's one year left on Lonzo's contract. So we'll see what they do with that. But I don't know if that would have affected my grade or not, if they had re-signed him to like to a max extension or to an extension in general uh, this off season, because I still don't really know where I fall on Lonzo ball. Um, he's shown a lot of potential but when he's not showing that potential, he's showing a lot of just bad basketball. Um, so anyways, he has nothing to do with this great. So a B overall for the Pelicans because I think they made some really good additions um, that, that can help them out a little bit in their hunt for the playoffs. Next up is the Oklahoma City Thunder who definitely get an A-plus well, I guess maybe not a grade, but more of just they win the contest for um, being the busiest in the offseason. So here we go. In terms of additions, they drafted Alex P 
Pokusevsky, goodness, with the 17th overall pick, Theo Maladon with the 34th, and Vitkrejski with the 37th overall pick. Really went uh, outside the borders for that draft. Um, they traded for Al Horford, Ty Jerome, Jalen Leck, Vincent Poirier, Trevor Ariza, Justin Jackson, George Hill, Darius Miller, and TJ Leaf. And then in terms of losses, they traded away Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Terrence Ferguson, Abdel Nader, and Steven Adams. And in free agency, they lost out on Danilo Gallinari, Nerlens Noel, Deontay Burton, Devin Hall, Kevin Hervey, and Andre Roberson. So overall, with all those moves in mind, I gave the Thunder a B as well. Um, Lots of Bs. Sorry. I like giving out Bs, I guess. Um, So the Thunder made it very clear um, pretty much last year when they traded away Russell Westbrook and Paul George that they were in rebuild mode. But then last season when they got Chris Paul, he was like, no, no, no. I'm going to play like I do for any other team and I'm going to play as hard as I can. And everyone else on the team was like, Hey, that's sweet. We're going to do the same thing. And they defied the odds, uh, finished with the fifth best record in the West and took the Rockets to seven games in the playoffs and could have very well beaten them in the first round. Um, after they left the bubble, uh, the team then really stamped home and hit home. Uh, we are in rebuild mode. They, um, the team and Billy Donovan, their coach, uh, agreed to part ways. His contract was up, and they both said, hey, let's both move on from this. I think the Thunder were pretty much very apparent of like, hey, we're in rebuild mode, so you should go to somewhere else where you're, you, know, you can work with more of like a contender. Um, we're going to kind of go for a, you know, younger, more rebuild mode-esque coach. And then um, I think it was fairly clear that that was going to happen regardless. Um, but then obviously with trading away Chris Paul as well, um, and then Dennis Schroeder um, definitely made it clear, hey, we're in full-on rebuild mode. We have about a 1,000 draft picks in the next two years, um, but really in the next like 10 years. Um and so we're just going to really keep playing off those, use those either as, as uh, you know, bargaining chips or just to actually draft players in the future. Um, I mean, they have a very good young core. Um, I think at this point they're pretty much just going to build around Shea, Gilgis, Alexander. Um, but, you know, they have a couple other young players on that team that they're probably going to hope can kind of <clears throat> blossom a little bit. Um but yeah, so I gave them a B because they just they knew that they were in rebuild mode and they just went after it. Um, they traded away Chris Paul. Um, I think that was fairly obvious. They everyone knew he was gone, um, but also they just kind of were wanting to dump his contract. I think um, so, and they did that, um, and they were able to get. Um, I think they were able to get. Kelly Oubre, Jalen Leck, and I think one or two other players from the Suns, which um, most of them they ended up then flipping for other players. Um, 
And then Dennis Schroeder as well. They got Danny Green out of that and then flipped him in the trade for uh, Al Horford. Um, So they really just, yeah, I don't know how else to say it. They just, they're in full-on rebuild mode and I think they they did a good job with it. They held on to a bunch, a couple of their picks. um, And again, they have plenty more in the future. They got Al Horford out of a trade. which is pretty much the only real big player here. I mean, <clears throat> through all their trades, they got Al Horford and George Hill. <clears throat> excuse me. And George Hill are pretty much the two big names they got out of all the trades they made. Um, and then a bunch of other younger players who, um, you know, pretty much just going to throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Um, yeah, and I just think, you know, guys like... Um, Gallinari and Nerlens Noel, like if you were more of a contending team and you weren't in a rebuild mode, you'd want to throw some money at them, especially Gallinari. But it's like, hey, you guys go to contenders, go where you can make some money. We're just going to kind of, yeah, just rebuild, trust the process kind of thing. So, yeah, so I, I think they did a good job with that. Um, no big moves, no getting big name players, um, but that's you don't do that when you're in rebuild mode. So they get a B. All right, um, coming to the last couple teams here, we have the Phoenix Suns, who in terms of additions, they trade, uh, they drafted Jalen Smith with the 10th overall pick, traded for Chris Paul and Abdel Nader, and in free agency, they signed Jay Crowder, Aitwan Moore, and re-signed Dario Saric. And they traded away um, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Kelly Oubre Jr., and Jalen Leck. And then in terms of free agency, they let Aaron Baines walk as well as Czech Diallo. Uh, they retained Frank Kaminsky, actually, and they let Tariq Owens walk. So overall, all that considered, I gave the Suns an A-. minus. No more Bs here um, for now. Because the Suns are a team who they just missed out on the eighth seed um, last season. So you had the Blazers and the Grizzlies who played in the play-in, and then right below them was the Suns. Um, they literally did everything that they could on their end to make it. They went 8-0 in the bubble. They won every single one of their seeding games. So again, it's literally just how the other teams played out in the bubble, um, which is why they did not end up making the playoffs. So really what you have is, you know, you got the Valley Boys. You get, again, again, another young team um, with guys like Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and then they also had Kelly Oubre Jr., um, Aaron Baines. And so they really, it's its pretty much been entire, Devin Booker's entire career, they've just been missing that piece to complement him very well. They've done a good job of getting big men um, to kind of complement him well, but they haven't gotten that good guard that he can feed off of and make it so that he's not having to do the playmaking and he can be more of a clay thompson-esque player where he's kind of playing a lot more off ball um and so what did they do they traded for chris paul and got one of the best that there is in the game to do that um and so that alone um if you just take away everything else if you just look at all right they traded ricky rubio ty jerome kelly Oubre jr and jalen leck for Chris Paul and Abdul Nader. That's already like B minus territory. Um, it's not in the A range just because 
Kelly Oubre Jr. in that package, I mean, it obviously makes sense and you got to include him, but like that's a big loss for them. Um, but then they went and they also signed Jay Crowder, which is a massive signing for them. They re-signed Dario Saric, which is huge. They did lose Aaron Baines to the Raptors, um, which does make sense. They just didn't have the money for him. Um, so that's a bit of a loss, but now you're just going to rely more on Dario Saric, and that's why you also sign Etuan Moore and Jay Crowder to be those kind of forward positions. Um, but yeah, so I give them an A- because it's like they knew what they needed, they saw the hole, and they filled it like pretty like pretty perfectly um yeah so they they i think they they saw what they needed to do and they went out and did it um so they get an a minus again the only reason it's the minus is just again kelly you losing kelly Ubre jr and aaron baines is just that just kind of stings for them so that's what gives them the minus all right moving on to the portland trailblazers uh, in terms of additions, they added C.J. Ellaby with the 46th overall pick. They traded for Robert Covington and Enos Cantor. And in free agency, they signed Derek Jones Jr. And in terms of losses, they traded away Trevor Ariza and Mario Hazonia. And in free agency, they lost Jalen Adams, Hassan Whiteside, Moses Brown, Wenyan Gabriel, Jalen Horde, and Caleb Swanigan. So... I gave the Portland Trailblazers, didn't you miss it? I gave them a B plus. We're back to the Bs, but they get a plus on this one. Um, so the Blazers made the eighth seed last year, um, won the first game in their series with the Lakers, stunned the world, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen here? Um, and then the Lakers were like, hold, 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 hold up. No, and then ended up winning four straight. Uh, granted, Damian Lillard was playing injured. CJ McCollum was playing injured. Zach Collins was out. Um, Yusuf Nurkic uh, was coming off of an injury and was playing like 43 minutes a game. And um, Hassan Whiteside was also dealing with some injuries and coming off the bench for the first time, which was very new for him. So... Another team who, I mean, the year prior, they made it to the Western Conference Finals. So they clearly have it in them. And again, they retain the same core of Nurkic, Lillard, and McCollum. Um, They did trade away Trevor Ariza, who, again, at this point is someone who more casual fans will be like, oh, I think I've heard of him. Like, was he really that important? And like, yes, he was a great role player for them, a good two-way forward for them, um, who just kind of did a lot of the intangibles um, and the not sexy work for them. Um, But they more than filled that void by trading for Robert Covington, which was a massive, massive trade for them. Uh, They got Enos Cantor back too, which is going to be huge. Um, And they signed Derek Jones Jr., which is a great um, guard to come off the bench for Lillard and McCollum. Um. Yeah, I think Rocco is going to fit in great with that team. He's a good 3 and D guy, which just fits right into the Blazers' uh, MO. Enos Cantor, who I said returning to the Trailblazers, I think he kind of you kind of saw him at his best with the Blazers, and it seemed like he felt most at home with them. Um, he's kind of bounced around the league. He was on the Jazz and then the Thunder and then the Blazers and then the Knicks and then the Celtics last year, and now he's back on the Blazers. Um 
And he did, I think, tweet out when he was traded that he, you know, I'm coming back home or something. So I think that's just going to be a good fit for them. He's, I mean, you know, he's a great defender, um, can provide, provide some big minutes off the bench um, or even starting for them. Um, but yeah, so really the big losses they have, I mean, when you look at their trades, Trevor Ariza, again, not a huge factor, but they more than made up for it. Hazonia, again, same with Enos Cantor, pretty much a trade-off there. Um, Hassan Whiteside is really the only big free agent they lost out on, but they didn't really need him last year because, um, again, they already have so many seven-footers, and, again, they made up for it by trading for Enos Cantor. So they're a good team who got a little bit better um, and didn't give away anything major and got some good return back. Again, Robert Covington really helps them out a lot. Um, so that's why I give them a B plus. All right. Moving right along then to the Sacramento Kings who in terms of additions, they drafted Tyrese Halliburton, Robert Woodard and Jamius Ramsey. And in free agency, they signed Hassan Whiteside. Uh, in terms of losses, in free agency, they lost Harry Giles III, Kent Bazemore, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Corey Brewer, Yogi Ferrell, Kyle Guy, Daquan Jeffries, and Alex Len. So all that being considered, I gave the Kings a C. And I could be tempted to give them a C- minus too, actually. Um, they were a team who... Um, I believe I'm pretty sure they missed out on the bubble. I think they just missed out on the bubble. They looked like they could be a playoff contending team in the beginning of last season. And then, um, just like towards the middle of it, just really started to fall off. And then I think, yeah, I think they ended up missing the cut for the bubble or maybe they did make it, but they were one of the teams who went like one and seven or something. Um, but so they have De'Aaron Fox coming back, who's a great point guard for them. Um, good piece for the future. They did have, they have uh, Darius, um, no, Mark, oh, what's his name? Marvin Bagley, geez, um, who I think is going to be huge for them. He just needs a couple of years to kind of develop. And then they did have Bogdan Bogdanovich at small forward. Oh, they have Buddy Heald as well at shooting guard. Um, but yeah, and then they had Bogdanovich as well, um, but he is not returning. So that was a big loss for them um, in free agency. But it seemed like they were kind of trying to get rid of him anyway because they were exploring a lot of signing trades, and that's what they ended up doing. Um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a team that like they didn't, they definitely need some more pieces. Um they need some veteran experience, some leadership there, and they just didn't really get any at all. Um, they only added, they signed Hassan Whiteside, and that's it. And then most of the guys they lost out on is fine, but again, Bogdanovich was a big loss for them because he's a really talented forward who has a lot of potential, um, and I think he would have been good to return for them. So, But they just didn't really do anything else there, so that's why they got to see because, again, they just they didn't really do much. They didn't really address anything. Um, so they get a C. All right. Coming up on our penultimate team, <clears throat> it's the San Antonio Spurs. 
And they, um, if you remember what I said about the Oklahoma City Thunder, <clears throat> for the Spurs, they did the exact opposite. So they drafted Devin Vassell and Trey Jones. And in free agency, they lost Bryn Forbes and Marco Bellinelli. And that's literally it. That was their offseason. So for the Spurs, they get a D. I don't know if I ever thought I'd be giving the Spurs a D for anything um, because of their established excellence. Uh, but their big three have all moved on and retired now. They've traded away Kawhi Leonard and got DeMar DeRozan back, and so they're returning him. They're returning um, LaMarcus Aldridge. They're returning, oh shoot, I can't remember his name, that guard. <clears throat> they're returning a guard, I can't remember his name, but he's very talented as well. Um, so they have a couple pieces, but Aldridge is getting up there in age, and... DeRozan is as well. I mean, he's still talented, um, but I think he still just doesn't super want to be in San Antonio. Um, but at the end of the day, they were in the bubble. They did decently, but um, ultimately ended up, I think, in the 10th or 11th seed um, behind the Grizzlies and the Blazers and... Who's the other team? Uh, oh my gosh, the Grizzlies, the Blazers, and the Suns, sorry, um, so they definitely, I, I don't know, they just, they literally did nothing, and I, I, I just, I think that's not going to help them at all, because the West only got more competitive, I mean, you have the Thunder, who are going to be dropping out of their playoff spot, so that's a playoff spot open, but you have the uh, Grizzlies who are going to be fighting for it. You have the Suns who are going to be fighting for it. You have the Kings who are maybe going to be fighting for it. You have the Pelicans who are going to be fighting for it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like they just didn't really do anything to help themselves. Um, they didn't do anything to hurt themselves. I guess they didn't technically get worse, but I don't know. It's just like, they just didn't do anything. Um, and it's like you can't run it back with that team because I think you you clearly are needing some other pieces. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting DeMar DeRozan to potentially get traded, um, and I think they could have gotten a good return for him, but I guess they're just going to try to ride it out with him. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but I gave them a D. And then for our last team here, um, the Utah Jazz, in terms of addition, um, they drafted Yudoka Azubuike, um, Azubuki, sorry, and Elijah Hughes. And in free agency, they got back Derek Favors uh, from the Pelicans. And in terms of losses, they traded away Ed Davis and Tony Bradley. And in free agency, they lost Jarrell Brantley, Jawan Morgan, Emmanuel Moutier, and Justin Wright Foreman. So overall, I gave the Jazz a C. Uh, because similar to a lot of the other C-level teams, they just didn't do anything. Um, now, the Jazz did finish with the sixth best record in the West, which is, you know, good, but not great. They, at one point, were the three seed in the West. Um, but then 
towards the middle of the season before the hiatus and then in the bubble just did not play well and dropped down significantly all the way down to the sixth seed. Um, They re-signed Rudy Gobert to a max contract extension for over $200 million. So they have him locked down. They also re-signed Donovan Mitchell. So they have their core of those two guys locked down for the next four or five years, which is good. But they, I think they need a better playmaker at, at point guard. Um, and they need a forward, to, like a good small forward as well. Um, I don't know. I just, Derek Favors getting him back from the Pelicans. He was on the Jazz for a while. Um, I think that's a good, that's, that's a good addition. That's a good signing, getting him back. He's a good power forward. Um, just good defense and, and help kind of protect the rim with Rudy Gobert. But like, that's it. That's like all they did. Um, and again, it's just like you're, you were the sixth seed last year. And if you want a chance to compete with teams like the Lakers and the Clippers and the Nuggets, you're going to have to do more than just like running it back with a sixth seed level team. Um, and they just didn't really do anything at all to address it. So, that's why I gave them a C. Um, they didn't make any bad moves, which is why they didn't get a D, uh, but they didn't make any good moves either. They just kind of stayed the same. So that's why I gave them a C. Um, but yeah, so that is the Western Conference. So I believe looking at it, uh, the Spurs um, are our worst grade with a D. And then the Lakers have the best grade with an A, which, again, is just really scary for your defending champions to have the best offseason. Um, but overall, I think if you averaged it out, I think the West, I gave them higher grades on average than the East. I think they had a better offseason. I mean, you had the Warriors and the Suns as well at A-. minuses. The West is just going to be stacked again and just going to be difficult to to deal with again. Um, I think in the East, I think really the only competition is going to be the Nets. Um, maybe the Bucks. We'll see how they do. Um, but overall, I still just I'm wary on them with their uh, historic playoff breakdowns. Um, the Nets have depth. They are healthy and they have championship pedigree um, and experience. So I think they're pretty much the only real threat out of the East. And then the West, like literally you have the Lakers, um, who I I think are the biggest favorite to win and to repeat. Um, But the Clippers, you know, could make some noise too. They could be an issue. Um, The Nuggets could be an issue. Um... I think the Warriors, if they had Klay Thompson, definitely would have been an issue. But with him out for the year, I don't, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs or not. Um, but yeah, overall, those are the grades um, for every Western Conference team's offseason. Um, make sure you guys are following the the show on social media, um, Facebook and Instagram are Sports Talk with Swag. Twitter is STWS Cast. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel Sports Talk with Swag so you can watch all the new episodes streamed live every Wednesday night at 7pm 
You can write an email to sportsdogwithswag at gmail.com. Um, you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, um, all that good stuff. Anywhere you get podcasts. Please leave a five-star rating anywhere you can. Let me know what you think of the show. Um, and with that being said, again, happy holidays to you all. Um, I hope you are able to rest and relax and recharge before uh, we move on into a new year, um, new beginnings. Um, and just another thank you for another wonderful year here um, on Sports Talk with Swag. 2020 was not the best year overall in life uh, for anyone, but, you know, I think it was probably one of the best years for the show. Um, we were able to wrap up the huge series of the best sports city of all time. And I was able to be as consistent as I ever have been granted. That's because of the pandemic. So I was working from home all the time, but um, yeah, anyways, thank you for a, a great year. I will see you guys all next year in 2021. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll see you then. Peace. Sports Talk with Swear.